you want to get in on the action, we want to hear from you. Email us at faderoutemail at gmail.com with your questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it. We want to hear from you. We're on Instagram too. Slide in our DMs at Fade Route Podcast. Get at us. There is that story out there about what's going on with Aaron Rodgers. What was the story of the draft last year? The Green Bay Packers moved up to take a quarterback. What's the story of the draft this year? But the 37-year-old says his future in the NFL after this season is a, quote, beautiful mystery. Aaron Rodgers is not Jordan Love. Aaron Rodgers isn't anybody on the Green Bay Packers. I think they're looking at him like, we know exactly who you are and we don't care. Oh, you want to show me up? This was the ultimate touche. Boom. And you saved it for draft day. Welcome to the Fade Route with D and Z. Here are your hosts, D and Z. Welcome to a special Friday edition of the Fade Route. I am D, and with me as always is Z. We got a great show for you tonight. We're going to discuss the Lakers' chances of missing the playoffs. We're going to dabble on how Francisco Lindor is working out with the New York Mets. And we're going to check in on the Dodgers and see if if they're as good as everyone thinks they are. But we're going to begin today's show recapping the NFL draft. A week has gone by. Rookie minicamps are on the horizon. And I'm wondering which team is going to have buyer's remorse first. So let's begin with the 49ers. The 49ers traded the number 12 overall pick in the NFL draft, a third-round pick in 2022, and first-round picks in 2022 and 2023 for Trey Lance from North Dakota State University, who played one season and one game last year? Talk to me, Z. Does any of this make sense to you? Are Shanahan and Lynch brilliant, or are they entering in less Sneed and Sean McVay territory? Well, first of all, welcome back, and it's glad to have you back. Chi-Town Mike did a great job filling in for you, and uh, I know this is your time of year. This is like your Christmas, so we just had to have you on for this. And then the Niners, everybody's thinking that they're going to take Mac Jones, right? The smoke screen worked to perfection. So talking about Lynch and Shanahan, I think you can sum it up in an audio clip here. Obviously, Taylor's thinking, I don't know what to thinking. So that says it all right there. I mean, I don't see what everybody's enamored with the Trey Lance. He's only thrown 318 passes. Not completed 318 passes. Thrown 318 passes in three seasons. If that is not a small sample size, I don't know what is. The Jaguars Jaguars took exactly what they needed to take. The Jets were enamored with Zach Wilson, so they they took the guy that they felt is going to be the quarterback for the next decade. And this is a reach. You had Mac Jones there to me, uh, and he's still the most NFL-ready quarterback. And you know what? Bill Belichick should be sending thank-you notes to everybody who picked before him saying, you just got me some more Super Bowls. For Trey Lance, this has to be part of something bigger. Otherwise, it makes absolutely no sense to me. I mean, we talked about this. Initially, I thought they were trading up for Mac Jones. Only player worth trading up for. However, 
They take Trey Lance. I mean, rumor has it, we were talking during that day, during the day of the draft, we were texting back and forth, that the 49ers all of a sudden got flustered. They had the third overall pick, and on Tuesday and Wednesday, they started making calls, trying to deal the pick. Maybe it was a phantom call, or maybe they were like, gee, I don't know what we should do here. First call was to the Packers in an effort to get Rodgers. Last bit of hope was to Atlanta, trying to get Julio Jones, Matt Ryan, and the fourth overall pick. My best guess is that they really wanted Zach Wilson, and they tried to bait the Jets into picking Mac Jones, which I fell for, you fell for. And when that did not work, they they panicked, Um, and then they took Lance. The issue I have with Lance is I'm wondering – let, let's say let's say this was their dream all along. Let's say they really wanted Trey Lance at, at number three. Then the question becomes, who were they worried that was going to take them? Like, which team did they think was going to take Trey Lance? So you have you have um, you know you have Trevor Lawrence go to the Jaguars. Okay, you got Zach Wilson going to the Jets. All right, so now at three, the Dolphins aren't taking Trey Lance. Nope. At four, the Falcons, they prove that they're not going to take Trey Lance. Nope. The Bengals aren't taking Trey Lance. Nope. Philly, they shouldn't really be interested in Trey Lance because they got Jalen Hurts. And even if they were interested in another quarterback, there's Fields, and there's Mac Jones. Then you get to the Lions. Okay, maybe the Lions, but the Lions just made this trade for Goff. They actually made a great deal. They made a great pickup, and they got the tackle of Sewell. Then you get to the Panthers. Panthers aren't taking a quarterback because they just got Sam Darnold. And you got Denver. Okay, they have Drew Locke, but they're also rumored to be in the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes. So let's say maybe Denver takes a flyer on Jones or Fields. Okay, you still have other quarterbacks. Trey Lance is still going to be And then at 10, Dallas is not taking a quarterback. And then at 11, the Giants aren't taking a quarterback. And there you are at 12 with the ability to still get Trey Lance, maybe even Mac Jones. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. (laughs) There's only one thing I can think of is that the Jets actually conned the Niners. And, And hear me out here. Joe Douglas did come out and say that they were considered considering trading that pick. Now, who is quarterback hungry and crazy enough to trade up to the number two pick to possibly de- to possibly take either Wilson or Lance? And I think we know what team it was because they ultimately pulled the trigger at number 11 to get their guy, and that was the Chicago Bears. So the one thing I can think of is that they the Niners were scared shitless that they weren't going to get their guy which is why they moved up from 12 thinking that they were in a safe spot at three and then joe douglas okie dokes them and then once wilson is gone shit what's our plan b okay so you're so you're thinking that it was more or less they worried about chicago trading up to get their guy Chicago, Denver. I mean, Denver is just as quarterback hungry. I mean, they they just dealt but, with Teddy Bridgewater. But, he, but too. here, but here's my here's my question. Even if you're worried about someone trading up to get your guy, you still have Jimmy Garoppolo. You're still gonna get the third or fourth best quarterback in this draft. Like he's just Trey Lance is just not worth all these picks and all this capital that's like them trading up to get mark sanchez that's like them trading up to get mitchell trubisky like that's what this is like uh, and i'm I, I wish him i wish trey lance all the luck in the world and i'm not trying to downgrade the guy but in my opinion you didn't have to get you didn't have to move up to three to get him you could have moved up to maybe four or five and what was the, and i'm i'm curious what the jets were offered because if if the 49ers offered all that to move to three, if you're the Jets and they offered that for two, why wouldn't you take that, right? Because now, like you said, they know Chicago or they know another team would still be interested to you know to move around or to get up. And you could even get back up just like the Dolphins did. The Dolphins moved back in at six. 
So even at even even if you took all those draft picks and then got back in at six, you would you would if, if the he Jets would still did, be there. He'd still be there. He would still He's be still there. there. So that's I mean, whatever. Moving on, uh, you know we can we can move on to uh, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson becomes the highest drafted BYU player ever, even higher than Steve Young because as we all know, Steve Young you know, went to a different league. So he really didn't, you know, get drafted in the NFL. Uh, but uh, I got I got to ask the question. Is Zach Wilson the next Sam Darnold? Well, I don't see it. And here's why I don't see it, at least right now. When did they finally get Sam Darnold offensive line help? Last year. He was dead to friggin' rights for the past how many seasons? The, the thing that differentiates this pick from the Sam Darnold pick is that they traded back up and then they got the lineman from USC. They got, they got him some help. You pair him with Becton from last year, they're already putting receivers around him with Corey Davis and Keelan Cole, and they're already setting him up way better for success than they ever set Sam Darnold up. And I didn't even talk about the head coach, right? A chair could have been a better head coach than Adam Gates. An inanimate fucking object could have been a better job, done a better job than Adam Gates, who apparently you sent me this video of him trashing his kid. Like this is the scumbag that you want running your team. So it's by default that he's going to do better. Now, it's up to him at the end of the day. I mean, who are the, mo- the two, two prolific quarterbacks? You have Steve Young, you have Jim McMahon, right. and you have Ty Detmer. Who is he going to be? Is he going to be McMahon and Young, or is he going to be Ty and Coy Detmer? I don't know. The kid's going to have to prove it. But with the additions they've made so far, you can't help but think they're going to do more for him than they ever did for Sam Darnold because he wasn't their guy. Well, my thing is is that I, I do think the Jets did a good job in the draft with getting him protection and getting him talent. However, the problem is, is they don't have a coach there that can develop a quarterback and teach him how to play quarterback in the NFL and how to be a leader with all this talent around him. I actually think Zach Wilson is going to be the next Mitchell Trubisky. And that's not a bad, and wait, wait, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Hear me out. Hear me out. Mitchell Trubisky has a 29 and 21 record. He's 64% completion percentage. He's got 64 touchdowns, 37 interceptions in four seasons. But too many people think Zach Wilson is the next Mahomes. And that's just not it. I think what people are forgetting about, Mahomes is he first of all he went to Texas Tech mm-hmm. his father is a professional baseball player like he's got an arm he's been around athletes his whole life like he's been in that in that system he's been in that mindset and I think I think people fell in love with one throw from Zach Wilson's pro day and all of a sudden they're like okay this this kid this, we could teach him how we could teach him how to play quarterback in the NFL, and then he's going to be playing against the Bills defense, the Dolphins defense, the Pats defense. Like this dude struggled against Northwestern, man. Like <laughs> I mean, the Jets are. I mean, listen. Like I said, they surrounded him with talent, but I think in the long run, Sam Darnold has better upside with the Panthers, and that's why the Panthers signed him to his fifth-year option. So you're saying you don't trust Matt Lafleur's brother? Uh, no, I don't trust <laughs> Matt LaFleur's brother to make a ham sandwich. Like I just, and it, I think I'd, I'd have a different outlook on this if it was Mac Jones, because Mac Jones played at Alabama all those years. He played for Nick Saban. Like he could come in there and you can find, like, he, he kind of reminds me a little bit of a Chad Pennington and not just because he wears number 10. It's just, it's his style of play. I just, I feel like he, he, he's, he's cerebral and he he could deliver the football accurately where he has to. He he's proven that he can back up Hertz and he can back up Tonga Viola and still, you know, be a part of a of a team and, and be competent. And I, I don't I don't know what Zach Wilson is. And the other part about it is is he's gonna be forced to start right away. 
Like, there's no help for him. You know, at least in the other situations, like with Trey Lance, Garoppolo's there. I, I don't think Trey Lance is going to be ready. Garoppolo's going to play. In the Justin Fields situation, he's got he's got Dalton. Um, and Foles. And so Foles. He, yeah. You know, so, and then even, you know, even with Mac Jones, Mac Jones is Newton. So, these guys are going to have a chance to kind of learn. You're going to throw this kid against the Bills defense probably week one or week two, and I, 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 don't, I don't think he's going to be ready for it. Now, he is the only quarterback signed by the Jets today. They actually released a statement, and they showed some video. He's off on one field practicing by himself while the rest of the team is running drills without a quarterback because he is really the only one under contract. Now, um, as far as – backup quarterbacks go like if you're the jets i mean are now all of a sudden the chicago bears are quarterback rich are you calling them about nick Foles? are you call i mean are you trying to lure alex smith out of retirement like what are you doing to better this kid's room i mean you're, are you calling josh mccown again i mean did this kid need somebody who's got the head who's got the experience, somebody's going to push him to be better. And that's the one thing I find, and correct me if I'm wrong, they didn't do this with Sanchez. They didn't do this with uh, Geno Smith. And they didn't do this with Sam Darnold. They never brought anybody into that room who would challenge them. And I think that's, to draw a parallel, it's what made Russell Wilson better, is that, like, he had Matt Flynn there and he had to raise his game to beat Matt Flynn out and take his job. So I think that's something that has been lacking from the Jets for a very long time and something that they should really consider. Yeah, it's and you you actually bring up a good point because the Seahawks actually signed Flynn to a lucrative deal before um, Wilson even got there. Uh, and I, I really I really think the issue for him is is he going to be able to step? Is he going to be able to step to the line of scrimmage and make all the calls? Mm-hmm. Like, is he going to be able to know what he's looking at? He's never seen a professional defense before in his life. Like, uh, I think they missed they missed on a guy, right? Because I I think AJ McCarron would have been yes. a good signing. Um, I I I don't I don't know how many other guys are out there. Uh, I don't know if Shab's available. He might have retired. I Shab think Shab retired. Shab might have been a good about Barkley. If Barkley's not still with Buffalo, Matt Barkley, uh, yeah. he, he, he knows football. Matt Moore, Matt Moore, I don't know if he's still with Kansas City, but if Matt Moore is available, man, go get Matt Moore. That would have been uh, great. Another good he, one before he signed with Arizona, Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy, I mean, he's proven he can play. Yeah. Uh, Blaine Gabbert sucks, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> Nick Mullen sucks. Brian Hoyer is awful, but those are just some of the guys. Um, so just, you know, moving on to uh, – the Chicago Bears. I mean, will Justin Fields get a second contract with the Bears, or do you see this fizzling out pretty early? Well, it depends on when and if he starts early in the season. If they decide they want to take a cautious approach to him and they don't throw him out there week one, and we have to remember the schedule still hasn't been released yet. So that's that's something else that we need to kind of look at. If it's if it's like a soft kind of deal, I mean, and he beats out Dalton and Foles, who knows? Like he might be able to, he might be able to kind of take the bull by the horns. But the smart approach, the smart play would be would to let Andy Dalton take the take the licks until like week ten, and then let Justin Fields take it the rest of the way. As far as performance goes. I mean, he could earn it, but he's definitely going to be dependent upon the results of the skill position players and if he's able to stay upright behind that offensive line. That's a, that's always been the issue with the Bears. They've always relied so heavily on defense. They've always invested so much in defense that they felt they could get by with a Rex Grossman at quarterback. So... If they invest in this kid's future, and it looks like they've already started to do so, I think they'll be okay. But ultimately, not this year, but next year, he's definitely going to get more of a shot. 
I think history tells us it's not going to work out, right? History tells us that he's not going to get a second contract. I and mean, these, these Ohio State, these the Ohio State University does not produce quarterbacks. They produce linebackers, corners, kickers, running backs, O-linemen, D-linemen, and wide receivers, but not quarterbacks. In the history of, of the Ohio State program, what do we get? Troy Smith, Mike Tomzak, Kent Graham, Terrell Pryor, Cardell Jones, Ryan Leaf, Dwayne Haskins, Braston Miller, any of those guys sound like they're franchise guys, guys you really want to be leading your team. And I'm not saying it's not going to work out for this kid. It's just saying the odds are stacked against him. I mean, when you look at historically where good quarterbacks come from, I mean, most recently, Louisville. Louisville's been producing some quarterbacks. Oklahoma produces quarterbacks. Texas A&M, Clemson, Missouri, uh, Cal. Yeah, these are where quarterbacks are coming from these days. NC State used to be a good place for quarterbacks, but that hasn't been true recently. I just, I mean, if you're Chicago, I think this was a desperate play by Pace and Nagy. And, you know, they could be out of, they could both be out by week four. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. They definitely are taking this. They wouldn't have been able to make this trade if if the owner did not sign off on this because they're both lame ducks. So clearly the owner has given them a little bit of leeway, a little bit of rope to try and make something happen. And if they get rid of them, if they get rid of both Nagy and Pace at the end of the year, you're just, I mean, you're, you're already setting him up for failure because he's going into his second season, his second coach, presumably his second offensive coordinator, his second system, and that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy of mediocrity. Just ask Sam Darnold about that. So, yeah. you know, I mean, the one thing that they should, and let's be real here. I mean, Matt Nagy does some confounding shit as a, as a coach, but he's still got a winning record. Yeah, yeah, and, and he was able to win games with Mitch Trubisky, which we talked about. You know, he's he's not great, but, I mean, he, he just shouldn't have been drafted number three overall. I mean, that's the whole problem with Mitch. If Mitch was drafted in the middle – in the middle of the first round or in the second round, I don't think he would be getting as much backlash as he did. But I mean, they, they traded a King's fortune for this kid and, and he just, you know, he, he hasn't played to the standard of a number three pick. Are you in need of air care maintenance or service? I have the company for you. Air care technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that DNZ sent you. But, you know, moving along, you know, let's get into some NBA news. Uh, there's been a lot of displeasure with this play-in game. You got people like LeBron and Doncic coming out and kind of talking against it. They're not a big fans of it. And with all that being said, we're starting to wonder if the Lakers and LeBron are going to miss the playoffs. You got Anthony Davis coming back from an injury. He's been hurt. LeBron tried to come back, rushed it back. He's been out the last two days. Um, so what do you think about the playing game? And what do you think about the Lakers' chances of missing the playoffs? Well, they're definitely not going to miss the playoffs. So, I mean, they would have to completely bottom out. And I think that I think they're going to be okay. So they're definitely going to be in at least the catbird seat of the eighth seed. So they're, they may not avoid the play-in tournament, but – I like the concept of it. I mean, it gives more teams, you know, an incentive to play hard. So it's one of those things. But, you know, one of the one of the injuries that you're kind of burying the lead on here, yes, Anthony Davis is out. Yes, LeBron James was out. They're starting to work their way back in. Dennis Schroeder's out. You know, yeah. you, you, your facilitator, your primary facilitator is out. And how are you going to make up for that, especially with an ailing LeBron who would usually take the reins in this kind of scenario. Like, oh, my point guard's out? Oh, fuck, I'll take it. I'll, I'll be a point forward. I don't care. You know, he's as close to Magic Johnson as you're going to get in this generation anyway. 
But yeah. you couple hit, you couple that injury with the Schroeder injury, and to me, like they're out in the they're out in the tournament. They're out in the playing tournament. If you look at these statistics, they don't score enough. They defend pretty well. They don't. Their rebounding is average at best, and they don't really distribute the ball very well. They're in 16th in the league in assists per game. So that's not a great recipe for disaster, especially in a tournament where it's like one game. Yeah, I think the main reason why Doncic and LeBron have a problem with this playing game is because there's a chance they're going to have to play the Warriors. And you don't want to play Steph Curry and the Warriors in a one-game take all like LeBron's been part of that before he knows what that's about and Doncic knows what that's about too my I I I, I don't really like the play I don't really like the one game playoff uh, basketball and baseball you know they're about playing a series um I would have been good with I'm fine with five game series even the three game series you want to do something like that but you know to put it all in line in one game I mean sometimes teams just come in and they're hot um you know Lakers have six games left um, they're going to have tough times, you know, winning, winning four, at least four of them or three of them. I mean, the Clippers beat them last night. They got the Blazers tonight. No chance. The Knicks are playing really well. They are probably going to lose to the Knicks and, and the Suns, the Suns, the Suns are going to beat them too. Right now, the playing game is looking like, uh, I believe it's Portland and Golden State and Memphis and San Antonio. That's what it looks like right now. Yeah. I mean, Portland can definitely jump the Lakers. The Lakers can definitely slide back into this thing. And yeah, but let's go back to what you were saying about LeBron and Luka Doncic not being a hundred. They're only complaining because they're going to be in it. Right. Like that's the, that's the thing. If they weren't in it, you wouldn't have heard a peep from them. And for teams like the Spurs or even in the Eastern conference, the Washington wizards, you're giving relevance to their season. So to me, I like that. Do you tweak the format, make it two out of three at the very least? Like, I think it's worth workshopping. You got to, I mean, at least see how this one goes and then kind of take it from there. But you're, you're definitely, I mean, expanded playoffs is always kind of tricky because you're, you run the risk of having a mediocre or sub 500 team in. But if you look at the NBA, particularly in the Eastern Conference, you've had sub-500 teams in the sixth seed at some point in the Eastern Terrible. Conference. Terrible. God awful. So basketball doesn't really have a leg to stand on as far as, you know, oh, you're letting a subpar team as team in. But they've, they've already done that. So <laughs> it's one of those things. It's been there, done that, got the T-shirt. So I say we roll with it. And then if we got to workshop it, we got to workshop it. Yeah, I mean, the, the like I said, I, I think the the other issue is you know just the the Lakers haven't really been playing together either. I mean, AD tried to come back, his his bike his back got tight. Um, LeBron tried to come like they haven't played enough games together, right? So if they're just gonna roll into a one game playoff after not playing together for months at a time, I mean that's just a recipe for disaster. True, but there's also one thing, and you know LeBron is gonna is playing that game. Like he he have his fucking foot amputated. LeBron James is playing that game. Now, does that say they survive and they actually get into the next round of the playoffs? Are they a one round and done team at that point? Did you are you compromised because you played for this round of playoffs? Yeah, it's possible because, I mean, what what are they going to roll up against? They're probably going to roll up against the Jazz or the Suns if they wind up, you know, w- you know, playing in the play-in tournament and winning that game. And, I mean, the Jazz have been sliding lately, but the Suns are a scary team. I mean, Chris Paul is playing on, like, an MVP level. Uh, Booker is unstoppable. DeAndre Ayton's a big dude. I, I, I just I – don't, I don't see how they're going to get out. If they, if they want to play in the Jazz – they might be able to eke out the wins, especially if LeBron and AD are back. But if they're if they are get a draw of the Suns, man, that could be an early exit. It definitely could be an early exit. But let's see here. If they were to bottom, I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't wouldn't bet against the Warriors in that scenario. 
And I mean, the Grizzlies, they're at 500. You would probably end up drawing the Jazz with the Suns. That, that, that would be, that's pretty accurate. And the Jazz, I don't know, not having, I think they're vulnerable. I think they peaked a little too soon. I think they got off to such a hot start that I, we knew we, it couldn't be sustained. But they could definitely get clapped in a, in a series. Like they're they're not world beaters. I like how you're using mean. that Claypool term. Yeah, <laughs> they, they get get, clapped. They go they go get clapped by somebody. It's a question of who. So I don't know. I, the Suns are definitely a real deal. The Clippers. I mean, the Clippers are a little sneaky. If the Lakers somehow that here's the kicker. If the Lakers somehow hold on and they're out of the play in, they draw the Clippers in the first round. I'm. I want that. I want <laughs> that. If if I'm the Clippers, I I actually want that, especially if the if this dog is wounded, if the Lakers are wounded. I I want that series. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you actually brought up a wounded dog, because I've been itching to talk to you about your buddy Francisco Lindor. Uh... Uh... He uh he's off to a rough start. I mean, he went hitless in I think 25 at bats and uh no home runs. He's walking a lot. Uh not striking out, but he's also he's not doing much at the plate. Uh so is this a cause for concern or do you look at this and say, "Well, it's a long-term contract. He'll figure it out." Obviously the knee-jerk reaction after 92 at bats and only 15 hits is to be concerned. Like that's just natural. But then, you know, indirectly his performance got Chili Davis fired and got Tom Slater fired. And now the, the youth hitting coach is now the hitting coach of the, the New York Mets along with the minor league field coordinator, minor league director or something like that. So, you know, it indirectly caused a little effect with uh, the coaching staff, of the Mets, 163 batting average, 297 on base, 207 slugging. These numbers are not good. Uh, he's not even stealing bases. He's not he, even. Well, he, got to get on base to steal. He's not even <laughs> stealing any bases. I mean, I, I, I'll cede most of my time to you. You're the Met fan, and this is your guy, and you were behind this all the time. But I got to tell you, he was on my fantasy team. He got traded last week. Like, he's gone. Like, I'm done. <laughs> What, I'm not waiting for this to correct itself. I'm good. I'm good. I got Michael Brantley and Matt Barnes, and I'm good. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Now, you do have a little bit of – I'm not going to say excuses. You do have valid reasons for why he has he isn't performing. He's gone to a new league, new division, and he's playing primarily division rivals. So it's not like he's seen these pitchers before. Look so, at you sticking up for this guy. Come on. Hang you, on. I mean... Hang on. Now, there is, familiarity is important. Absolutely. Especially if you play a team 19 times a year. You get to beat up on the Royals. You get to beat up on the Tigers. You get to beat up on the White Sox, who haven't been good until this year. So, wait, so, you're, trying to, you're trying to say Manny Machado was fine because he played one season with the Dodgers and then he went to the Padres, and he was like, oh, well, I've seen this pitching before. I've seen all these guys. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I could bat 235 and hit 30 bombs. I'm all right. I think that it definitely helped to have an, a period of adjustment, especially going from the National League, the, uh, the National League West from one team to the other. You're, you weren't going immediately from the American League East to the National League West. There is a little bit of familiarity that you need to learn. He's still learning the ballpark. He's still try, They're still trying to find a place for him in the batting order. He's hit leadoff. He's hit third. He's hit second. I think he's hit seventh at one point in this year. So he kind of, they need some stability with him. And a lot of that falls on Luis Rojas. So you can't, you can't constantly shift around like we were talking about earlier with the offensive coordinator and the offensive system. And you can't just keep jerking guys around and expecting them to perform. So give them a little bit of consistency. Harold Reynolds, of all people, found a, a mechanical flaw in his approach at the plate. So if he's able to correct some mechanical issues, I think he'll be fine. Is he going to be the all-star that he was? He might be too far gone for this season, but it's one of many. You still have some time. I'm not going to say after six bad weeks that it's a bust and that they're going to regret making that trade. So, so it's what, way uh, too early. 
It's earlier. Okay, so what point do you get concerned? Like, if he finishes this season with only two or three home runs, a handful of stolen bases, and a two two twelve batting average, are you like, all right, it was a bad year. He'll he'll return to form next year, or in August, are you like, yo, what did we do here? No, you got to chalk it up to a bad year. Like, it's okay. you, you can't right. you can't just you, you can't just go at it with your hair on fire. Like, all right, let's do a let's do something comparable. Edwin Diaz, he was fucking brutal, and he's still fucking brutal. So <laughs> he's still you, there, <laughs> exactly. And you can't tell me otherwise. I I've seen it in high leverage <laughs> situations. This guy fucking melts down. Your closer cannot fucking melt down. It just shouldn't be able to do that. I have more faith in this guy that he will have he will perform to the back of his ba- baseball card rather than Edwin Diaz with one good year. And then they dumped Kelnick and Dunn, two of their highest prospects, for this guy. So why? Because they were getting a Brody Van Wagenen client. I just – I don't think you're going to ever see Cleveland numbers. And I'm not – it's it's not because it's too early. It's just because I think it's the situation. I don't think you're going to get a guy that's going to bat 312, 330 and hit – like twenty over twenty bombs a year. I don't in this lineup, you shouldn't have to. If you're if you have the if you have the lineup built around them like they do now, Alonzo's a good hitter. Davis is a good hitter. McNeil's a good hitter. Say what you will about Nimmo. Met fans have been trashing Nimmo for years. The dude gets on. I like him. I, I like Nimmo a lot. I, too. I've been watching. I've been watching a lot of Met games. I like him. And uh, what's what's the other guy? McNeil. Jeff McNeil. He's great. He's a scrappy player. Conforto, McCann. This is a legit lineup. Francisco Lindor had to carry that team sometimes. You don't have to do that with this lineup. If everybody's humming on all cylinders, I agree with you. You don't have to, you don't have to be that level of player, but you got to be better than this. Yeah. So shifting gears, you know, talking about Lindor, struggling player. Let's go to a struggling team. Um, Dodgers, they lose May. They lose Price. Bellinger is still out. They lost both games of a doubleheader to the Chicago Cubs where Kershaw and Bauer both pitched. And then they wind up getting swept in the series. So are the Dodgers not as good as everyone thinks they are? Or do they also have time to right this ship? Well, it gives me a little bit of pause because of the simple fact that you gutted your farm system over the past few years dealing for your, you know, your primary players. So sure, you would like, you probably like Alex Verdugo right now over Cody Bellinger with a fractured leg. Who knows when Cody Bellinger's coming back? Uh, Dustin May's out for the year. You certainly, you know, you certainly can use some of the pitching help that you traded off. Kenta Maeda comes to mind. Uh, your prospects, your top prospects, you have two that are semi-close to ready. And Kiebert Ruiz is a catcher. Now, you have Smith and you have Barnes. Do you really need a catcher? Probably not. Then you have Josiah Gray, who is hovering at the AAA level. Now, do you have bring him in as a bullpen spark, or is he actually going to be able to, in your rotation? I don't know. Everybody else is double-A and below. So you definitely have gutted your own team for the sake of your success. It's like, so this year might end up being a wash because Tommy John for May, who knows when, when Cody Bellinger's coming back again, again, leg fractures, and he's still got to get back into baseball shape. That gives me a little bit of pause. David Price, I think is the only one who's going to come back and I would immediately slot him into the bullpen. So they have some time to at least get him back. It's not looking good. I mean, baseball is long season, so I think they'll be able to right the ship. Um, but, you know, if they were to lose Bauer, Bueller, or Kershaw, then I think they would be in some trouble or there would be some cause for concern. Uh, they shouldn't be. They shouldn't have a tough time making the playoffs, uh, but they do need Bellinger to come back soon. I mean, he uh, his absence, uh, it, you could see the ripple effect throughout that lineup. Absolutely. He's one of the linchpins, and it definitely lengthens your lineup, which makes things a lot better. Another guy that they could probably use right now is Kike Hernandez. 
Like Kike Hernandez was such a versatile piece to this team that, you know, any he was an offensive performer. He wasn't just somebody who they could plug in whenever they want. He regularly performed for them, and they, you know, they definitely are missing those numbers and that versatility. I don't. I mean, they might have to make a couple moves because right now Justin Turner is offensively carrying this team. So, which is, which is shocking, right? I mean, he was a guy. He was a late ad. I mean, they were, there was even talk that they might not even re-sign him. Uh, so well, good for Justin it, Turner, you know. <laughs> he definitely is proving his worth, especially after the uh, the scandal at the end of the year last year. But, I mean. He's it, good. He's good. I think he's a little bit of a defensive liability at this time. But, no, I mean, he, he's, he's, definitely a, he's definitely a good player. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I just. I'm looking at Mookie Betts. He's got to pick it up. Corey Seager's got to pick it up. Muncie is isn't that is okay right now. Like AJ Pollock, he's all right. Like I, I just see a lot of all right. He can't be getting swept by the Cubs. I mean, that just can't happen. I mean, that's that's. I don't know if that's acceptable at all. Well, with your level. with your two with your alleged two best pitchers, like that's the other thing. You know. Yeah. Well. It, it, it remains to be seen if if Clayton Kershaw is actually one of the two best pitchers on that team. I, I would mean, I, I would go Bueller and Bauer over Kershaw. I mean Kershaw, I don't even think he got out of the first inning. I think he gave up like four runs. And they're like, all right, let's let's try something else. <laughs> we've seen we've seen enough. I've let's seen enough. Um... I'm getting hungry over here. Should have cooked up some dinner. And if you're looking for a new cooking show to binge, check out As You Eat It on YouTube, hosted by me, Chef Z. I invite you into my home and show you what and how I cook when I'm off the clock as a chef instructor. You're going to learn fun recipes and creative methods to empower and inspire you in the kitchen and take it to the next level. Cook how you want to cook, eat how you want to eat, eat as you eat it. That's As You Eat It, available only on YouTube. AZ, you eat it. Check it out and let's get cooking. More or less. All right. Uh, so time for one of our favorite segments. We're going to do uh, more likely, less likely. Uh, I'll read a statement and we'll either say it's more likely to happen or less likely to happen. So, uh, we're going to go to football. We were talking about this earlier. Sam Darnold finishes his career with more wins than Zach Wilson. More likely, less likely. I'm going to go more likely from the simple fa- the simple point that he is a little bit more seasoned I believe in what the weapons are with Carolina. They definitely have some guys that he has chemistry with. And I think that they're going to invest in that defense. And Matt rule has done that repeatedly through the draft. And as long as Christian McCaffrey stays healthy, that's going to definitely put some more wins in his win column. Now, after next year, is he going to be on the Carolina Panthers? I don't know. So we'll we'll see. They only picked up his fifth-year option. So it's not like they extended him for a long term. Now, if they may turn around and move him someplace else, or he may decide to go someplace else in free agency, that also benefits him a little bit. Zach Wilson, we've seen it how many times with, with Jet history. It The odds are not in his favor just because of history. From Sanchez to Smith to Darnold himself, to Kellen Clemens, to Chad Pennington. It's just you have some decent, mediocre, and a lot of suck. And that's the history of the New York Jets at the quarterback position, excluding Vinny Testaverde and Joe Namath. Yeah, I mean, for me, this is 100% uh, more likely. I see Sam Darnold having a good career with the Panthers. Joe Brady is going to coach him up 
McCaffrey coming back, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. He's got a young defensive talent. The future is bright for Sam Darnold. As far as Zach Wilson's concerned, I, I think he's going to struggle at least the first, definitely the first year, and maybe even more. There were some nice linemen that they started drafting, and they put some skilled positions around him, but I don't think there's anybody there to develop him as a quarterback. Okay, moving on. Uh, more likely, less likely. Trey Lance starts six games for the 49ers next season. This is a tough one. I'm going to be honest with you. If he starts more than six games, then that means one of two things. Either they suck that bad that they bench Jimmy Garoppolo or Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt again. And it is within the realm of the within the realm of possibility that that both could happen. So I'm going to go more likely. I think that he is definitely going to get his burn. Now, whether or not it's because he, you know, because they want to see it or because they're forced to see it, that's a different question. That's a different thing altogether. But he's definitely going to get his time because who's the alternative? Nate Sudfeld. And we've seen Mr. Sudfeld last year in the Eagles-Washington football team game. And screw you, Nate Sudfeld. So more likely that it's going to happen. Yeah, I'm going to surprise you with this. I'm actually going to say less likely. I know I know. Jimmy G has, you know, he's an injury history. Uh, he doesn't really play many games. But when he does play, he wins. So I'm going to say that Jimmy G stays healthy this season. And he gets his team to the playoffs. I think the 49ers are going to learn early on that Trey Lance cannot play at the pro level yet. And they could find themselves in a Jordan Love situation more um, earlier than ra- earlier rather than later. It's fair. Okay, uh, moving on. We have more likely, less likely, Justin Fields starts before week six. I'm going less likely just for the simple fact that you have Nick Foles and you have Andy Dalton ahead of him right now. Now, whether they trade from a position of strength, which is crazy to me that now all of a sudden it is a position of strength, you can deal off a Dalton or you can deal off a Foles to a team like, say, the New York Jets that needs a backup quarterback or somebody to show their guy the ropes, a la what the Jets did when they traded Teddy Bridgewater to the um, to the New Orleans Saints, and then ultimately the they the um, Carolina Panthers flipped Teddy Bridgewater to the Broncos to mentor Drew Locke. So I can definitely see a scenario when that happens, and he moves up to QB two. But I just don't see him starting before week six, mostly because I think the Bears are probably going to get off to a good start. They so they're not going to start last year, too. And they didn't need to worry about it last year, especially, you know, now that you have the rookie veteran dynamic again, rather than the, the Trubisky veteran dynamic, it changes things a lot. So I am going less likely. What a story that would be if <laughs> if the Jets trade for Nick Foles. Could you imagine? Could you just imagine the New York papers attacking the Jets organization if they go and trade for a backup quarterback? Oh my goodness. And you know it could happen. It could where did, 100% but, happen. but where did Joe Douglas come from? Philly. Where did Nick Foles play? Philly. Where did Nick Foles win his Super Bowl? Philly. I'm just connecting the dots here, brother. One trick Nick might be on his way to the Jets. No, it's it's a it's a, it's a fair thing to say. And everyone would think the sky is falling if before this kid even <laughs> takes a snap, they're getting a backup in there. But I mean, before I give my response on this, I mean, just to go off topic a little bit, go back to the Jets. I mean you really are putting your eggs in this basket. I mean, imagine you showing up to rookie minicamp and this kid is struggling and you got to just kind of 
I don't know what you would do. Like in all the other situations, if if Mac Jones or Trey Lance or or um, any of the other guys show up week one and week two and, you know, they can't hit that 15-yard out or, you know, they're, they're not really the defense, right? You're like, all right, no problem. We, we were expecting this. And this is why we got Dalton. That's why we got Newton. Why, wow. the, why the Dolphins had Fitzy last year. That's why we got Garoppolo. He's our guy. We're all right. If you're the Jets, you, you, I just picture the scouts sitting in that room and be like, hmm, oh, he really did miss that guy. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. But, uh, okay, so to answer the question, I also think it's less likely. Uh, I think he will get a chance to start this year. But like you, I think Chicago is going to do well with Dalton. I think, I think he's going to start, but I think it'll be after week six. You know, maybe they'll get off to a hot start and they'll cool down, or Dalton will get hurt because he did have a concussion last season, and you know they'll they'll have to play him a little earlier than when they want to. Because uh, Andy Dalton's always been a competent passer. He does have a big arm, and at this point in his career, he's he's ahead of Justin Fields. I don't see Foles staying on the roster. I'm with you. He may not go to the Jets, but he's he's definitely going to go somewhere. He's he's not going to stay. I don't think he's going to stay in Chicago. No, I agree. Uh, and you know what? People love to shit on Andy Dalton. And just because he was a Bengal, and I get it. It's fun to hate the Bengals. It's fun to shit on Andy Dalton. Dude's a three-time pro bowler. He has an over 500 record in his career. He's thrown for almost 34,000 yards and 218 touchdowns. Give the man some respect. That says a lot, right? Because he played for the Bengals. So to have over 500 record when you got to play Baltimore and Pittsburgh yeah. every year, uh, that that's remarkable. And you um, know who didn't have a 500 record? You know, over 500? Eli Manning. Eli Manning <laughs> really? finished at exactly 500. Yeah, he that's has two Super Bowl rings, but that's right. You're not right. over 500. That's right. All right, we're gonna wrap this up with more likely, less likely. Aaron Rodgers plays for a team. Other than the Green Bay Packers next season. Man. Another one that's very tough. It is very tough. Right. And this comes out really because of the whole Bill Barnwell article, you know, kind of talking about how, you know, there are teams making offers to the Packers for Rodgers and his displeasure with the the front office uh, at the end of last season and in this offseason, which is why we brought, we thought it would be a good topic to bring up. Yeah, I all I don't the, before we before I give my answer. I definitely think that it's not right of him to call for the GM's job in order as a. It's almost like a hostage negotiation, right? These are my demands. If you want me to do this, then X has to happen, dude. You're 37 years old. You're at the tail end of your career. Brett Favre didn't even have the balls to to try and pull this crap with Ted Thompson. So, I mean, I'm going to say it's actually less likely and not because they're going to iron things out or they're going to fire Gutekunst or they're going to, you know, have some kind of detente. Aaron Rodgers seems like the kind of guy that would take his ball and go home, a la Carson Palmer. I can definitely see that happening. Now, could a trade happen? Absolutely. We're definitely playing a little game of chicken right now. But knowing how Aaron Rodgers mentally breaks things down, it's less likely that he's going to play for anybody because I think he's just going to dig his heels in and he's going to walk. Yeah, so I, I kind of disagree. I think I think it's going to be more likely. I mean, the rumors are he doesn't want he doesn't plan to play for the Packers next season. The Packers did not draft him any help again this year. They drafted Jordan Love last year. I I think I think they should move him. I mean, especially if all the rumors are true, right? I mean, if teams are offering first and second round picks for 37, 38 year old Aaron Rodgers, yeah. what are the if you're the if you're the Packers, you you drafted Jordan Love last year. He's supposed to be your future. So why wouldn't you trade Aaron Rodgers to get all this capital to move to the future? So for me, 
I think it's a no-brainer. I think he. I. I think it's more likely that he plays for another team next year. Well, here's the reason why you don't take this lightly and you don't just do this because you were in the NFC title game last year. It's not like you were just the drizzling shits. You know, you were, you were a bad decision away from being in the Super Bowl. So that's the that's the thing that's intriguing. That's the tantalizing part about this is that. You were able to get that far with a pissed off Aaron Rodgers. Now, a nuclear Aaron Rodgers, DEFCON 1 Aaron Rodgers, possibly takes you to the next level. I can understand the idea of using negative reinforcement to motivate this man because it's worked in the past. But it's, I can see why they would hesitate because they've had so much recent success. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if players look at it like that, and I don't know if you're Aaron Rodgers if you look at it like that either. It's like, yeah, you did get to the NFC Championship game, but you ultimately lost to a guy who's been on a team for five minutes. <laughs> I mean, Brady went there, beat Rodgers, beat Breeze, won a Super Bowl, and if you're Rodgers, you got to look at yourself and be like, man, this guy left, went to a different place, different coaches, different system, was able to bring in his own talent. And he won. Why can't I do that? And why shouldn't I do that? And especially if you're really upset that they drafted your successor last year. I mean, I think this is driven by him. And it should, And you know what? It's driven by the organization, too, because you had a chance even this year to go and get some guys, and you didn't. I mean, I haven't heard of any really, you know, big signings that they had at any no. real position. And you just look at what they're going to have to do next year, who they're going to have to compete against. And I, I don't know. I don't know how likely that is. You can't help but smile when you see a balloon. The simplest occasion is a party. Westchester Popstar is located in New Rochelle, New York, offers balloon styling and decor for all life's events. Birthdays, anniversaries, weddings, showers, school and corporate events, store openings, or just because. Westchester Popstars takes balloons and shapes them into works of art, creating decorative installations for your special occasions. No event is too big or too small, and their custom personalization service is top-notch. Westchester Popstars is a private studio, quickly expanding. In-person consultation is by appointment only. Send an email to westchesterpopstars at gmail.com for more information or to schedule an appointment. No need to hire an event stylist. All you need is balloons. Currently servicing Westchester, Putnam, New York City, and Connecticut. To find Westchester Popstars, search for them on Instagram, Facebook, or Google. Order up. But, you know, that kind of leads us into our next section. We're doing order up, order up. Uh, order up. We're just, we're doing the top five landing spots for Aaron Rodgers if he was to leave the Green Bay Packers. So I'm going to start with you. Give me your list five all the way to number one. Now there are probably there's probably going to be a couple of teams on this list that will surprise you because these were either playoff teams or on the cusp of being in the playoffs. So it's one of those things that when a player of Aaron Rodgers' caliber becomes available, you do what you got to do to take that next step to the next level. So I can definitely see some of these things happening. Is it pie in the sky? Probably, but I like the Washington football team at number five. You you have Ryan Fitzpatrick. Strong, strong, very strong. It's a stout team. It's ready to go. Terry McCorn, Antonio Gibson. You put Aaron Rodgers back there, and I think you have something there. Such a Dan, Dan Snyder move too, right? I think so. And the only other thing I think he might want is for them to call him the Washington Aarons. Like that's probably going to be the kicker in on that, on that deal. Number four, 
I think New Orleans Saints have to be in on this as well. I mean, Breeze is gone. I don't trust Hill. I don't trust Jameis Winston. You have Thomas. You have Kamara. You have so many weapons that it would the only thing that would give me pause is the financial situation. But if you could somehow find a way to make that work, it would be a great get. It would be a coup. It would be, you want to go from Drew Brees to Aaron Rodgers. Considering fact, you almost went from Drew Brees to Tom fucking Brady. So <laughs> number three, the New York football giants. Now, Daniel Jones, we lie has shown flashes, but you get the opportunity to bring in a guy like Aaron Rodgers. You're going to bring in a guy like Aaron Rodgers. And if you got to send We Lie Packing to Green Bay, then, you know, I'm sorry, buddy. I'm going to pack your bags for you. So you put him in this offense with Kyle Rudolph and Kenny Galladay and Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram and help, hopefully a healthy Saquon Barkley and this kid, Tony. That is dangerous, man. And the Giants have a much improved defense. I think that's great. That would be a hell of a get for them. Number two, the Indianapolis Colts. The Indianapolis Colts were a ready-made team last year. They brought in Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers did okay. He's not as good as Aaron Rodgers. And you know as well as I do I don't believe in Carson Wentz. I'm going to say it till I'm blue in the face. I've said it till I'm blue in the face. I don't trust this guy. And hey, I- that's my fantasy quarterback next year. Oh, no. Well, hopefully you're going to take James Conner again, too. <laughs> the Arizona Cardinals this time. He's not on the Steelers. He might have a chance. So, I don't know. I, I think that would be a, a huge upgrade. And if you if you can even flip Wentz for Rodgers, like, why not? Let's get crazy. It's pie in the sky, right? Speaking of crazy, number one, the Miami Dolphins. That team was ready to go. You add in Aaron Rodgers over to a tongue of Iloa, and I think you're onto something there. That division, it's a two-horse race as is right now with the Bills. You definitely, you're better than the Patriots, especially if they decide not to start Mac Jones and they're going with Cam Newton. You're already in second place with Aaron Rodgers. So that definitely makes them a much better team. I love the Jalen Waddle pick. So that's my five to one. Who you got? Yeah, I mean, let's be real. This is Aaron Rodgers. At least 20 of the 32 teams should be getting in on this. Um so the, the five that I picked are, to me, the five that makes sense. If I was the GM of any of these teams, I would be all in on this. And the first one I have is the Denver Broncos. They have the players, they have the draft picks, and they have the defense. It's basically going to be a Peyton Manning. We're going to find out if Aaron Rodgers is really as good as Peyton Manning was because he's going to basically just walk into the same situation. We got everything here for you. Just come and win us the damn championship. So that uh, makes Teddy Bridgewater, Brock Osweiler. Yeah. Right. Hopefully he doesn't lose his helmet. Uh, and just and just to you know just to copy off of what Bill Barnwell was kind of pitching was Packers could get Patrick Sertan the second, Tim Patrick, Drew Locke, twenty two first twenty twenty two first round pick and a twenty twenty three first round pick. Uh, Broncos get Rogers and they get the cornerback that the Packers drafted Stokes. I think it's very fair. Um, number four. I, I would be shocked if John Gruden hasn't called the Packers already, but it's the Oakland Raiders. We know John Gruden loves quarterbacks. I think Rodgers and Gruden working together with Waller, Ruggs, Jacobs, and Drake could work fantastically. Oh, uh, again, uh, stealing from Bill Barnwell, Oakland would get Rodgers and the 2023 and a 2023 fourth round pick. Packers get Derek Carr, a 2022 first round pick a 2022 second round pick and a 2023 first round pick. And the, the Oakland Raiders are ready to go. They were the only team. I think that they were one of the, one of the teams that dealt Kansas city loss last year with Rogers. They're definitely going to deal them another loss. Now this one was kind of a flip flop at number three. Um, just as just because these are two disgruntled quarterbacks. And I said, the Seahawks Seahawks mm-hmm. literally swap Wilson and Rogers. Wilson would have fit in well with Matt LaFleur's system. He's very capable of running that offense and would be protected because the 
the, the Green Bay Packers do have a stout offensive line. And then Rodgers goes to a place with two really good wide receivers, um, a decent backfield, and he can he's going to work for – he's going to be with Pete Carroll, who understands the value of the quarterback position. Rodgers to uh, Metcalf? Need yeah. I say more? Yeah. Uh, and then uh, to steal one of yours, I have the New York football Giants. Uh, this is gold. I mean, the Giants could give up a few picks. Uh, give them Daniel Jones. It's fine. And uh, they could be set at quarterback for the next three seasons. And they instantly become division favorites, and they get to take advantage of the best years of Saquon Barkley's career. That's the main part of this. You're going to have Saquon Barkley at the top of his game after this injury, and you're going to have a top five quarterback in the game. You're going to be able to win your division, get into the playoffs, and be in position to compete for a Super Bowl championship. And number one, I've been talking about it to you for the last two weeks. The New Orleans Saints need to get on the phone tonight, tomorrow, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Call the Green Bay Packers every single day and offer them everything under the sun to get Aaron Rodgers. I don't know what it would cost. I don't know how many players they want. But if the Saints get this man... They're winning the Super Bowl. The only thing holding back the Saints the last three years was Drew Brees. <laughs> Nobody wants to admit it, but I have no problem saying it. Drew Brees is the only reason why the, Super- the Saints didn't go to the Super Bowl last year. I mean, could you imagine Aaron Rodgers on the Saints? Could you imagine Aaron Rodgers with Pey- with Sean Payton throwing to Thomas, running, handing the ball to Kamara? You know what? If the Packers want Kam- Kamara... We'll take Jones. Give give the Saints Jones. You get Kamara. We'll be fine. Fine. I just I would love to see someone who can actually pass the ball downfield in that offense. And that's my top. That's my five for order up. Oof. What do you think, guys? What's your top five? What's your order up? Hit us up at faderoutmail at gmail.com. Slide in our DMs at Fade Route Podcast. Or if you're on Twitter, DM us at Fade Route DNZ. Thanks for tuning in tonight for this special Friday edition of the Fade Route. I am D, and with me as always is Z. You can catch our podcast usually on Wednesday nights on the Anchor, Spotify, or other premium outlets where you listen to podcasts. Until next time, stay faded, everyone. See you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.